I'm looking for similarities in the way troublemakers think. This is Steve St. Clair, co-founder of Trouble Group. Join us as we learn from others who are shaking things up. Today, Chief Strategist Michelle Hart-Henry brings us another troublemaker. Oftentimes, the idea of troublemaking comes not necessarily from stirring things up or making what we would think of as traditional trouble. It grows from a dissatisfaction with the status quo. And that's where our guest today is a true troublemaker in my book. Welcome to our podcast, Chris Brownridge. Chris, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Early over here in Seattle. Bright eyes, bushy-tailed. <laughs> that's always good to have. So let me give you a quick intro about Chris and the background. Chris was the co-founder and CEO of a tech startup called Gawkbox. They'd been at it for about three years, had 20 employees, but Chris found that the business model just wasn't going to work. But that's not what makes Chris a troublemaker in my book. It's what he did next that really stands out to me. Chris, do you want to give everybody a little bit of a background about what you did and why? Yeah. So as you said, Michelle, I ran a company called Gawkbox for just over three years up here in Seattle. Uh, we were venture funded. We'd raised two rounds. Towards the end of that period, it was actually last July, we came to the realization that the company was not going to work out. In fact, we came to that realization before that. It was just that the nail was in the coffin. My team of 20 had stayed with me all the way through that period in spite of knowing that we were running out of money, in spite of knowing that the business was not going to work out. And when we came to shut down, I was looking for ways to help everybody out. You know, we were a very close-knit team. We'd worked together for a long time. I felt, frankly, terrible that I was letting 20 people go. You know, their jobs were no longer going to be there, no more health insurance, and uh, I wanted to help as much as possible. Going through that process, it was extremely frustrating. I looked for outplacements, looked for companies that could uh, come in and help my team out, help them find a new job, give them resources to navigate the difficult period that they're about to go through, uh, and found precious little, to be honest. Um, what I did find was uh, very corporate and stiff, not really a the right fit for tech employees that I had. And it was also very expensive. I just didn't have the money to be able to spend thousands of dollars per person when I was shutting down the company. So I, I kind of went through that period very, very frustrated at the lack of options available. I ended up creating a spreadsheet with everybody's names on, had their profiles in there, their LinkedIn profiles of what their strengths were and what they wanted to do. And I distributed that around my network. Uh, in the hopes that it would help them find a new role. It, overall, it just felt like I was not doing enough for them. It felt uh, faceless and just underwhelming, right? I, I, I knew I could have done more, felt like I should have done more, um, but couldn't, couldn't muster the options to do it. So I left that experience frustrated. Um, I was burnt from the difficult challenges of of running a company and failing at it as well um, and uh, took a couple months off. And then as the fall came around uh, towards Thanksgiving, I started to get itchy feet, wanted to uh, get back in the saddle, so to say. And the first thing I thought about was trying to create a solution to help people who had been laid off, um, like I just went through, um, and a solution that 
actually brought the resources to the table for people who suddenly found themselves out of work that I would have liked to have had for my employees just months earlier. When we talked about it the other day, we kept on landing on this term humanity and mm -hmm. talking about bringing the humanity back into hiring. And everything you've just described, your frustration, your desire to help others. One of the things that we're always interested in when we talk to troublemakers is what's that motivation? What's that thing that troublemakers have in common? Mm -hmm. And I'm curious about your motivation to do this and to want to help others. Well, I think number one is driven by the deep personal experience that I just talked through. It was such a difficult time to go through, and this has made it cut even deeper. And after having the team stay with me all the way through to the end, and we didn't think that would happen when we were going through this. We had six months earlier said we're running out of money. It's fairly likely that jobs will go away in six months' time. We're going to give it our best shot to obviously not make that happen. But unfortunately, it turned out that it did. The entire team stayed with us through to the end. No one went and looked for another job. No one left the company. And I thought that was incredible that the team had um, had stuck with us all the way through to the end. They'd shown so much dedication. And then the inability for me to repay that dedication just tore at me. So the real motivation to kick it off and get started was that. Now, as I, the, the, the silver lining community, you know, what I ended up building after November was a, a platform and community for people who suddenly found themselves out of work in the tech industry primarily to connect with others, get the support resources they need for a community first platform. Uh, something I thought was not there last time I was looking for our placement was this community element. There was nothing that really fostered connections between people to help folks get through what is often the most difficult time in their lives. Like if you lose a job, the stress of it is insane and it often heralds really challenging period. Just the corporate nature of the traditional outplacement services that I saw didn't seem to meet those needs of people. Um, so I focused on community, focused on trying to connect people, focused on trying to make the whole process more humanizing. And, and that's what we've, we've built a community of over 2,000 people in right now. Uh, who are connecting and sharing stories, helping each other out. And there's people in there helping other people, which is incredible to see. And the, the continued motivation for me right now is witnessing the uh, success of people finding jobs through the platform uh, and more so the success of the connection, success of the wrong word, but the way that people are connecting with each other through the platform. People are opening up, they're showing their vulnerability, connecting with others and finding that they are not alone going through this process. That is hugely rewarding for me to witness when I you know, observe the community and talk to members on a daily basis. Talk about the components of what make up Silver Lining, because it's more than just a, a website and a job board. You talked about it being community, but there are different elements. There are different ways that people participate and, and show up on it. You've got ambassadors, you've got companies that are signing up. So talk about how all of these elements come together to talk to create this community. Maybe I'll start with the kind of genesis of it. I did start it originally in November as a, a talent dashboard, so to say. 
um, to replace the spreadsheets. That was my first port of call. I then created a way for companies that are still hiring to access that talent dashboard and review profiles, screen candidates, and then reach out to them. As time went on, a few weeks into the COVID crisis, after talking to members of the community and companies too, I became more and more aware that the economy is in a, you know, obviously, as we all know, a tough place right now. Um, and looking at the data on the platform more widely out there in the economy in the US in particular, where I did my research, uh, the amount of jobs is significantly down versus before. The amount of talent available uh, or looking for work has increased a huge amount. Uh, and so there's an imbalance in the marketplace, right? And what I've heard from companies is that there's so many more people applying to the jobs they do have available. And so the competition is huge. And what I observed in the community from talking to people is that people are taking way longer to hear back from companies, much longer to find a role, and the prospects are a little difficult. So my focus at that point was to start looking at community as a concept to try and offer more support as people were navigating this time. You know, Silver Lining and myself, I cannot control the amount of jobs that are available. Uh, it's difficult for me to impact that. So I wanted to find ways to make the whole process more humanizing, to make people feel like there's hope, make people feel like they can make progress in the ways that I could control. And uh, community is what, what we really created there. People were saying to me that they were struggling with not hearing back from companies, not getting any human interaction, throwing resumes or applications into the abyss. And my solution to that was to try and connect people and feel like they weren't alone, connect people over video uh, with interactions like that. So we created a, a community forum where people can get together and connect through the written form and then we also created an ambassador program where we went looking for volunteers who had expertise in particular coaching job search coaching and career coaching so two elements of that and resume reviews makeovers uh, linkedin profile uh, assessments mental health and other the other aspects that can help people as they're navigating this challenging period and we brought those ambassadors in to offer these resources pro bono to the community. Um, and as you speak, we're putting more structure around that. Something I've definitely observed is that there's a lot of demand for those resources. And now it's all about creating more of a structured approach for that. So what we're planning on rolling out this week is that everybody that comes into the community has access to a, a LinkedIn and a resume review. You can get access to a one-on-one -on -one, uh, career coaching session that can help them set out what they're looking to achieve through the job search ultimately and then also a job search coaching session to help people think through how to go about searching for a job because in a lot of cases this is the first time that people have had to go looking for work they haven't been out of a job before the economy was so humming prior to this happening unemployment was so low many people just strolled into other jobs or were headhunted and haven't actually had to create a resume in a long time, haven't had to update their LinkedIn, tailor it towards finding a job, and actually go through the job search process. So we're trying to help people think through that, prepare themselves, uh, and make progress in the areas we can control like that, and then set them up for finding a new role as soon as possible.
One of the things that I've observed about people who are in the community is that they're reaching back all the time. So Mm -hmm. if somebody says, hey, I landed here, it looks like it's a great place. Let me know if you're still looking or send me your details or I've got some other jobs I think that are going to come up here, you know, keep in touch with me. And I, I think that to me, that is a definition of community. When people are not just passive acceptors of help, but when they become active providers of, of help as well. Yes. It's, it's incredible to observe that. You know, this, honestly, this is the first time I'm building a community. I'm flying by the seat of my pants somewhat. <laughs> and I think the, the common bond that people share of having gone through an event like a layoff brings people together and opens up a vulnerability that in many cases, people aren't normally willing to get to that place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what this community really fosters. People, they, they enter into the community and they see, the uh, first thing you see is uh, introductions from folks that have opened themselves up as they've been through a journey that has been challenging. They're talking about the stresses and the, the, the difficulties they've personally felt going through this and what they're looking for next. And that breaks down barriers. It kind of just feels like people know it's a safe place. Uh, and that then builds from there. And so I've, I've had multiple people who've um, either had conversations with me or they've just sent messages talking about how that feeling has been fostered within them. And the community has been so valuable to help them feel like they're not alone going through this journey, which I think is especially important right now because we are obviously quarantined. The social isolation that people have felt going through the last two or three months has amplified the difficulties that people have gone through when they've been laid off. In times gone by, if you were laid off, you could talk to people about it, go and see them physically and feel like you weren't alone. That has been a little challenging in the last three months. Mm-hmm. I think this community has offered a, a way to get through that. Chris, let's talk a little bit about the business model, if you will, of this platform, because obviously, you know, you've put a tremendous amount of time into it. You've got volunteer ambassadors, you're up to thousands of users. How is this whole thing humming along? What, what, what makes it work? From a business model perspective, um, the short answer is you don't really have one right now. <laughs> We, uh, we've been doing this as a, a volunteer effort ever since we began. We encourage donations from the companies that are using the platform to hire, of which there are right now, it's actually approaching a thousand mm. company accounts that have been created. I see a lot of companies using the platform to connect with the members that we have, which is incredible to see. But generally, you know, so far we've just done a 100% donation based. Uh, we are thinking through what we want to do from a business model perspective moving forward. We have some some thoughts and some proposals that we're looking at <clears throat> to allow us to do that. Right? I think you know, what, we, what we'd love to do is, is bring more resources into the community as it grows. I'm getting approached by many different companies to help with quote-unquote outplacement because the, the resources that especially tech companies see out there is lacking. For, for their needs, quite like I saw last summer, that traditional outplacement services feel too corporate, too dated for the type of people that we had. Uh, and I think that's something that's uh, been felt 
across a lot of tech companies right now and that's why we get a lot of people reach out so we're trying to think through what the right approaches are with a business model haven't uh, nailed it 100% yet by any means um, but we are thinking through that uh, and then you know the, the goal there is to try and justify having more more great resources into the community that can offer that offer their expertise to the members of the community pro bono and uh, and justify their, their ability to do that because so they definitely think, you know what we've seen so far is that there's a lot of demand coming in for some of those resources and we need more ambassadors <laughs> to be able to meet that demand um, at the same time ambassadors you know it's great that we've got so many of them doing it pro bono but they also have to earn some money going through this from their core businesses so we're trying to figure out the right balance there mm -hmm. um, to make sure that they can continue to earn money through their core businesses and, uh, and offer the services pro bono that we want in the community and what about for you chris what's next this is something that you've been doing you know with your time and and volunteering but how does this fit into sort of your plans of what's next for you good question um i would say that i'm honestly still figuring that out right now uh, I'm lucky in, this, in the fact that my wife is still in a job. We had a scare there a couple of weeks ago, but luckily, they, in spite of her company making layoffs there, she's safe. But yeah, I, I am thinking about that a little bit. You know, I would love to spend more and more time on the community and uh, make sure that it, it gets the, the love that it deserves. And I've been putting a lot into it, but I want to continue to do that. And obviously, I have to look after the, the balancing needs of making sure the family's looked after. So uh, I'm thinking about the right ways to do that currently. The number one line of thinking across myself and board of advisors that we've amassed is, is around outplacement and um, figuring out the right model there. We are, primary importance to us is staying true to our mission. It's really, really important that we continue to uphold that. I want to always make sure that Silver Lining is 100% free to all members that want to join. I think it's the wrong approach for uh, people who have just been laid off to have to pay for things. Mm -hmm. uh, it's already a stressful time. And so we're always going to make that free. Uh, and therefore, then we're exploring things on the company side. But uh, taking a different approach to traditional outplacement was some of the challenges I went through when I looked for outplacement services last summer was the, the, the insane price and inflexibility around it. If I would have had to put 20 people in and had to pay a couple of grand per person as a company shutting down, I unfortunately didn't have that money. Um, there didn't seem much flexibility around it. So we're exploring avenues that offer flexibility. I would call it a freemium type model where there's still the, the community and all the resources we put together for free. And then there's maybe packages on top of that that companies can supercharge if they would like to. But I would say, I would preface that it's pretty early for us right now. Mm -hmm. We're thinking through that actively. Um, and I'm not 100% sure where that's going to go. But I can say that we're committed to growing the community, continuing to work upon that because the difference myself and the folks that are involved on the board advisor level we see we're making is huge and it's not very often in life that you get to work upon something that makes a difference like this you know, i actually talked to a friend of mine yesterday and he talked about the different components of kind of motivation that when you're working on a project as the the head piece like in your head you know that it could be a really great thing uh, you think it's a smart idea there's the heart piece is the other piece to that seldomly do you get uh, or work on businesses that really 
touch your heart. And I can tell you that this is the first project I've worked on that has really been something that is, is doing an incredible thing. And I see that every single day in the community. My previous businesses, I, I didn't get that from. And so this is extremely rewarding from uh, from that perspective and for that reason i think myself and the folks who are involved uh, both at the board level and ambassadors are so committed to keeping growing silver lining because it it, it is mission driven and we're helping people out i couldn't agree with you more I think that you are fortunate to be able to take what could have been one of the most awful experiences in your career and turn it into something that benefits others. Mm. And they say that in life, experience is the best teacher. And while that may be trite, what do you wish you could go back and tell your younger self now? I think I've got two answers to that. The first one is that it's okay to fail. And this, this would be telling my younger self years and years back. It's the best way to learn. But failure is scary, right? I used to view it much differently to what I do today. My experience in shutting down my old company really taught me that. But if I rewind three years and somebody told me that you're going to go through shutting down a company and everything associated with that, A, I wouldn't understand what it means to do that because it's really hard. But it taught me that failure is okay. I now look at everything through a lens of how much can I learn rather than I need to make something a financial success. That's changed my outlook. The second piece of that, I think, is telling my my younger self three months ago. But I, I've learned that, I think, going through this process, spending time with the family, you don't get it back. And as I get older, I think that's... Um, I'll look back on this and having spent this much time with my kids and my wife... Uh, is something that is really valuable. And it's okay that I can't get as much done as before. Uh, And I've learned now to go through it as I approach each week to lower the expectations a little bit of what I can accomplish. And it's fine for me to do that. It's fine for me to slow down. Chris, to me, you are among the best definitions of human kindness. I thank you for spending time with us on Troublemakers And uh, I look forward to seeing Silver Lining continue to grow and thrive. Happy to. And thank you, Michelle, for connecting with me through Silver Lining. Really appreciate the time and the opportunity to come on. To learn more about Chris Brownridge and his experience as an entrepreneur, visit his blog on medium.com under the Entrepreneur's Handbook. And if you're looking for a job, if you have jobs to offer, if you want to be a volunteer, or you're a company that potentially might be looking at layoffs, Visit GetSilverLining.com and see how the community can be of benefit to you. This has been a Trouble Group podcast. Learn more about us at TroubleGroup.com. If you're a troublemaker and want to be on the podcast, email Steve at TroubleGroup.com.